Hello, I'm Art Fuller, Ph.D., and welcome to the latest episode of The 5-Minute Expert, where today we are talking about hair. Because of the COVID-19 shutdowns, many barbershops and hair salons have been closed until recently. Yesterday, I was able to get my first haircut in two months. There was a time in my life when going two months without a haircut would have been something to celebrate. But now it's a real pleasure just to get it trimmed up. In my lifetime, I've seen hairstyles go from short to long to bald. Why do we have such a weird relationship with our hair? We'll talk about it today. But first, a PSA. That's a public service announcement for those not familiar with media lingo. Had a lot of headaches lately? Vision a bit fuzzy? Tossing your cookies for no good reason? Slurring your words like a drunken sailor, even though you haven't had a drink? Chances are good you've got a brain tumor. Brain tumors used to be a real problem, but not anymore. HeadSmart is a clinic that focuses on brain tumor operations. We'll check you out, and if you've got a tumor, we'll get it out. Quick, easy, without a lot of fuss. Come in and see us today. That's Brain Smart. Well, hair is a very personal thing. The average human head has between 90,000 and 150,000 hairs, depending on hair color. Redheads tend to have the least amount of hair, while blondes tend to have the most hairs on their head. Throughout history, people have worn their hair in various styles, largely determined by the fashions and cultures in which they live. Hairstyles have been markers of marital status, social class, age, politics, racial identification, gender attitudes, and on and on and on. We may think women have only started hair rituals in the last few hundred years, but in ancient civilizations, there's evidence they curled it, pinned it up, and ornately braided it. From the time of the Roman Empire until the Middle Ages, most women grew their hair as long as possible and covered it up or tied it up on their head when going out in public. Uncovered or loose hair on an adult woman was often the indication that she was a prostitute. In the 15th and 16th centuries, European men cut their hair shoulder length with bangs. Many men also dyed their hair color. By the 17th century, male hairstyles grew even longer and waves and curls were considered desirable by the upper class. Periwigs, or male wigs, were promoted and popularized by King Louis XIII of France when he began to go prematurely bald in 1624. King Charles II introduced periwigs to the English-speaking world in 1660 when he was restored to the English throne after a long exile in France. These wigs were shoulder-length and wavy and were normally colored white by the mid-18th century. Eventually, men started powdering their natural hair white and tied it in a short tail behind their head, a la George Washington. Short hair came back into fashion for men by the late 18th century when the English Parliament placed a tax on wig powder. The fifth Duke of Bedford cut his hair short in protest over the tax and encouraged his friends to do likewise. By the First World War, women and men both started shifting to shorter hairstyles, which were easier to manage. In the 1920s, women started to bob or crop their hair, while men began parting their hair on the sides or in the middle using pomades or creams. 
By the Second World War, men's haircuts grew even shorter, mimicking the military crew cut. After World War II, women generally curled their hair and wore it in a beehive, washing and setting it once a week and keeping it in place with curlers every night. By the 1960s, short hair for women came back into vogue while long, straight hair for men became the norm, especially among hippies. By the 1980s, men began to cut their hair shorter while women began to grow their hair longer, often teasing it up into bouffant styles referred to as big hair. Interestingly, in Western cultures, generally men and women tend to have different hairstyles, especially as it relates to length. In the decades where they both had similar length hair, the 1920s, where both were short, and the 1960s, where both were long, there seemed to be significant social concerns and issues. There's so much more we could say about hair. This barely scratches our head. We haven't touched on other cultures or ethnicities. There are styles like afros, cornrows, dreadlocks, payots, pompadours, and ponytails. There are products like weaves, extensions, perms, relaxers, and coloring. In many cultures, hair is used to symbolize life transitions. In the 1800s, American women started wearing their hair up when they became ready to get married. Women in India typically signify adulthood by switching from wearing two braids to one braid. And in the Guyana Highlands of South America, young people shave their heads to denote coming of age. Hair has also been used to symbolize class and wealth, with rich people choosing hairstyles that are complex, restrictive, and fashion-setting, while middle-class persons generally have worn their hair in natural and healthy styles, indicating they have the resources to live a healthy lifestyle. Working-class people's haircuts have tended to be simple and practical, with many men shaving their heads or wearing very short hair. Working-class women have tended to pull their hair up and off their faces. Interestingly, forcibly cutting off a person's hair has often been used as a form of punishment, oppression, and humiliation. In Rome, slaves could be identified by their shaved heads. The Nazis under Hitler had a policy of cutting off Jewish people's hair and beards to humiliate and persecute them. One thing we know today, hairstyles are used to express individuality and presence. There is no social norm or expectation on how a person should wear their hair except for a few occupations where people prefer to see conservative styles that indicate hygiene, caution, or tradition. Professions like law enforcement, nursing, and airline stewardesses. So wear it short, long, styled, colored, or shave your head bald. It makes no difference anymore. But I'm just thankful my hairstylist didn't go out of business during the COVID-19 lockdown. I just can't stand going shaggy anymore. Well, Larry, what have you got for us from the peanut gallery today? Jan, a hairstylist in Podunkville, Arkansas, emailed us to say how tired she is of whining customers. Jan writes, quote, People come into your shop with very unrealistic expectations. Guys bring a picture of Brad Pitt and say, make me look like this. Or women show you a picture of a famous actress and tell you to fix my hair so it looks like hers. Friends, this is crazy talk. Every head is different. If you don't like how your haircut looks afterwards, go buy a wig. 
Well, Larry says I need to get the hair out of my eyes and watch where I'm going. Tell one person today about the podcast. You'll be glad you did.